Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to have another very interesting show in that I have invited back a dear friend and wonderful healer and teacher, Peter Roth. And we'll be speaking about the human design system, uh, which Peter has been using for many years in his practice. And uh, it's really, really uh, rather compelling material that shows up when one does this. Sort of like what we get when we do an astrology reading, for instance, but it's, well, Peter will explain much, much more. But let me tell you a little bit about Peter, give you a little biography here. Uh, Peter is the founder of the Heart River School. He's a healer, as I mentioned, counselor, and intuitive. He's been working with people in these domains, in these spaces, clients for decades. He's actually one of the original to understand the mind-body connection, I should say the mind-body system, here in New York City way back long before most people. In fact, that's something Peter and I share, among other things, in common. Uh, Peter has been known for this work. He also has a radio show as well on Progressive Radio Network, where A Better World also used to be, uh, Gary Null's PRN, and he's interviewed, you know, so many wonderful people, healers, and um, new new wave thinkers, you could say, not just new age, but people who are really new thought thinkers, who are really on the cutting edge and pushing the paradigm, if you will, out to its farthest extent. So Peter and I have had a lot of fun over the course of many years as we've compared notes and the work that we've both been up to respectively and what we really feel is of greatest use. And in that light, uh, what Peter has come up with in integrating the human design system into his broader healing work is something I find really notable, and that is why I wanted to invite Peter back onto the show. So welcome, Peter Roth. Welcome back to A Better World. A pleasure to have you. Thanks, Mitchell. So glad to be here. This is wonderful to speak with you on on your show again and uh, share information. You're always a lot of fun to talk with. Well, 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 thank you, Peter. Thank you, and you as well. And so we will continue on our fun, and we'll share it with our audience. And, you know, it's fun because our audience, um, by the way, how is your Balinese and your Hindi? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, outside of the long conversations I've had with people recently um, using them, uh, I failed completely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh, well, thankfully, (laughs) (laughs) thankfully, the audience also knows English. No, we we actually have people that are listening from not just the United States and Canada and the UK, but uh, from India and Taiwan and South Africa, South America, and um, it's a lot of fun, and, you know, different different parts of the EU as well. So I was just playing with you, that's all. But uh, English will be just fine. Yeah, and I'm so glad to know that because of the Internet. 
we can connect with people all over the world, and and I do. It's I great. do uh, human design readings for people in many different parts of the world, um, and we can work on the internet. And so, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's amazing how much absolutely. we can share. You know, remember when it all used so to be much local? <laughs> yeah, right. It used to be terrestrial radio you know and that can only yeah. go so far you know so this right. is no really i i totally adore this new technology new well it's 20 years old but you know in geological time that's nothing a pittance so well it's uh, really Peter, more of the, of the volume of people who are using it it's not that it's been around so long but now so yeah. many countries are so advanced in technology and so many of their populations are connected uh, yes. on the Internet and, and yes. with the rest of the world. That's what's so beautiful. It's really true. It's really becoming one big human family. A little unruly at times, but like most families are. So oh, I'd love to uh, bear down on and the human design helps to see that, too. Uh, Peter, just to tell you all first, uh, just did a mini reading with me the other day after having done one many moons ago, actually, uh, and it was really nice to reconnect with, I would really call it, the quantum energy field of the human design system and through Peter's, you as the interpreter of the data of the material. So if you would, human design system is so large a uh, system. Could you kind of walk us through uh, what it is and what, if, what are its component parts so we can get a larger view and then we'll go from the macro into the micro. Right. And the component parts are very old because it, it consists of uh, the position of the planets, which is as old as astrology, uh, being able to understand because of the relationship of where the planets are in the sky when we were born, it understands us in ways that you know many of of our esoteric audience can understand, and other people don't can't even imagine why the planets can, are so powerful. And I believe it's all geometric, <laughs> and there's a an an energy geometry at play on every level, macro and micro. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, so it, it knows, where, it uses our, our birth data, and it actually uses a date, 88 and a half days before we're born, that the unconscious half of our personality has clicked in. And people might say, well, how how would our unconscious half of the personality know when to click in 88 and a half days before we're born? Because we could be born at any moment or any day uh, before or after when we might might should be born. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how does it's always that approximate, in other words? Yeah. No, it's always exact. Uh, it's always no. What I mean is when doctors birth. say no. What I mean is when doctors say, well, we expect that person to be born on or around May twelfth. You know, as an example. Yeah, but there could um, be a cesarean. Or there could be. I know that's premature. my point. That's the right. variation. That's exactly, exactly my point. Right. Yeah. And and how so? How how do we know? How does a fetus know eighty eight and a half days before yes. that moment 
But it's but all that's the magic what's so extraordinary here, word. right? That yeah. the, in other yeah. words, there's a knowing somewhere in the field of when in that universe, day of birth yes. will be before right. we on the outside do. Right. And it's yeah. it's incredibly magical because it involves the purpose of our soul on this planet. Because the moment we're born is an energy, a mechanical energy that defines our personality in in very uh, tight measure that we will always live out. And uh, it's like astrology, you know, and you might say, well, you know, uh, we can change. Well, I don't know. You know what you know what your sun sign is, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? What's your sun Taurus. sign? Taurus. Okay. So when are you going to become a Libra? You can change. Well, right? that's a good question. I mean, yeah, then there's say, the progress <laughs> chart, of course. I might be in a Yeah, but I'm talking now. about changing your natal sun sign. You can. Oh, okay. You're always going to be a Taurus. Right. Yes, so at core. Say, That's well, right. So people say, well, can you change your human design? No, it doesn't change. Mm. I also work with, with destiny cards, with a 52-card deck, and we're born, mathematically, we're born to a particular card in the deck. And mm-hmm. that that card is how we live out our life also. And, uh, and there's no way to change it. So... Yes. You know, we can't. Uh, we can't unless you change your birth date. <laughs> yeah. Try to change your birth date. <laughs> I know somebody who tried that, and he he went oh. into this deep uh, meditation for a few months, and and almost starved to death, and and you know wanted to be reborn, and he felt like at one point he really was totally renewed and was a new soul and you know new yeah. energy. And he and and I knew his natal chart uh, of human design, and I and he said, okay, this is my new birthday now, and I looked at it and it was terrible. It had terrible <laughs> traits in it, and I said, you sure you want this new birthday that you've created for yourself? And I told him all the terrible traits that he's now born to, and he said, no, no, I'll, I'll go back to the old one. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll keep the first one, you know. Right. You know, there's that old story, that old Jewish story, Peter. Maybe you know it called the worry tree, that uh, everybody in a small little shtetl out, you know, in uh, Ukraine or Russia um, is always complaining about how hard their lives are and the difficulties and everything. So, you know, the rabbi said, why don't everybody just put their worries on this tree out here in the village square and everybody hangs their worries on and when they look and see the worries that other people have they make a bad dash for the road and they say you know what it's not so bad <laughs> well i also i remember taking a workshop about 40 years ago called what's so and everybody came to the workshop to oh, complain about sounds like Werner Earhart to me uh-huh. It was yeah, well that was a long time ago. So yeah. so we everybody came and and we all talked about our our you know, griefs and traumas and all that and and presented what's so. And then at the end of the workshop, after we heard everybody and we're all just hanging around, you know, appreciating each other, uh, even though we, we feel bad for our stories, but these are sure. all, you know, beautiful souls. And so at the end of the workshop, we were told what the real name of the workshop was, and it was 
So what? <laughs> so, oh, that does sound like Warner Erhard for sure. <laughs> right. That's so, great. I love it. I love it. So coming back so, to the, yeah, uh, human design. Human de- right. And and yeah. what what I'm getting at is that human design tells the truth about us in ways that are really important for us to understand because it's very concise about personality. It uses the hexagrams of the Chinese I Ching, because one of the Mm -hmm. geniuses of the system that was delivered, it was channeled into a man, an expatriate Canadian living in Ibiza, Spain at the time in 1987, and a voice spoke to him and said, take notes, and in eight days it delivered the whole system. And and it's hadn't he had a car accident of some sort, Peter? That no. sort of precipitated. No, no, he was just walking along the road and got it felt. Oh, like okay, a and then it was just sort of a so-called download. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I studied with him, by the way. Yes. And so. Uh, and what is his he, name he, again? He's gone now. Uh, well, he had an original name that he dropped in the universe when the. When when the this, the voice or voices gave him this information, they told him his new name is Ra. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Ra Uruhu. So and before that, uh, his name was uh, Jimmy. Alan, Alan something. Alan. Okay. And but he he was a, a very dynamic guy, and they they kind of mm-hmm. delivered it to the right guy. He he wasn't the most pleasant person in the world, and he was kind of proud of that. <laughs> and he blamed his human design on it, which is natural because we can blame our human design and everything about ourselves, really. And yes. uh, that's why it's great to understand it, and then we know ourselves so much better. And um, and so I, I I got to know him pretty well. He's gone now, but uh, the system lives on, and it's all over the yes. world. And and so one of the geniuses of the system is it knew how to place the hexagrams around the sky so that when we know where the planets are at the moment of birth and 88 and a half days before we're born, it it can relate them in position in the sky to where the hexagrams are placed around the sky. And so it knows which of the 64 hexagrams we're born to, and we're only born to a small number of them, and not only that, which of the lines of each hexagram we're born to. So uh, we can be uh, have very concise information because the hexagrams are uh, they're each of 64 variations of life, concepts of life uh, that the Chinese principles. developed thousands of years ago. Principles, uh, concepts, and and they. Um, uh, so they're positioned around the sky, but since each of them has six lines of either yin or yang, that's and that's why you can have 64, because if you have six lines of either yin or yang, each line can be either one, uh, you can have 64 variations mathematically. And, and so therefore there are 384 particular unique lines in the I Ching. And so we're born into the most we're each given because of the number of planets uh, and north node and south node which is uh, included is um 26 so uh we're out of 384 lines we're given 26 and each of us has a different set now there are also individual aspects to each line so it could be a, there could be a positive slant or a negative slant to it 
And so that creates over a thousand different possibilities of what we're born into. And those thousand include many, many uh, negative traits, difficult traits, and many, many beautiful traits. And we all have a different assortment. And many people have assortments of terrible traits. And uh, I, I know I knew one person personally who had one, and um, there was no way that she could ever look at her human design because, well, for one thing, she was such a negative person to begin with, but they, her design reflected it. And I've looked at the designs of many famous people who have been, you know, <laughs> evil people, dark people on the planet, and their human designs show that completely. Because you can find their birth. Data. I mean, that's why they were. I mean, your whole premise—the whole premise—is that they were that way because of the human design. Their human design was that way. Yeah, it's it's so strange how that works. That we're living out this design that we're born to, and mm-hmm. you could say, well, then there's conditioning and all that. But actually, life meets our design. So it's mm-hmm. not like. We just live it, and life is innocent. No, uh, life will present our design to us. So we're born into conditions that represent uh, our troubles. Right. They are reflective of that design. Exactly. And so, so many people have beautiful designs, and they're not always easy. You have your detriments. I have my detriments, uh, and and. We're actually glad to know them because we've been living with them for a long time. It's so oh, good boy. to understand that we're born this way, and then we do a better job of, of not only living with them but mastering them. And That's right. uh, yeah, and I mean, you uh, can think ourselves. about it if you want, <laughs> Peter. You know, like uh, as from a point of view of an athlete or a musician, where in say they're one is trying to master a piece of music one has to know where those areas in the music are that are particularly difficult very difficult passages that need a lot more work than the other parts so you have to know what isn't harmonious no pun intended you know to match the rest of the piece or in athletics Yeah, or in athletics, you know, if you have a weak backhand, for instance, in tennis, you know, you know where you've got to concentrate in order to get it up to par. Well, that's golf, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Mixing metaphors. But, yeah. So, okay, there we go. So I want to say something else, though, because, I mean, I want to really ask you, because as I've I've looked over some of the material in preparation for today, and – so, and then we're going to go from this macro understanding of the human design system, which you're walking us through beautifully, um, into the more subjective experience that I had through your reading of me that we'll share also with the audience. So it doesn't seem yeah. like some, you know, objective so, abstraction. Right, they'll have an example. They'll have a living example, you. right. And right. I'm 
still living after the reading, so it's good. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the science of differentiation. This is going back to the sort of the broader picture because on one hand you mentioned, of course, astrology. You mentioned the I Ching with the 64 hexagrams, but also there's a genetic component and there's this idea of, you know, 26 activations and 13 planetary imprints, nine centers. You know, it has a level of uh, like an architecture, if you will, that's really rather right. elegant and even a bit complex. So well, there's even could you a, just a chakra speak us through that? This. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, the, Walk us through that, the, if you would. Right. The, the, Ra, the, the guy who this was delivered to, was shown a chakra template of nine centers, not normal seven, but nine, that uh, the hexagrams were then uh, folded into. Permanently in each in each uh, chakra, there are a number of hexagrams, and so there's a way that the chakra template then gets patterned by the particular hexagrams that we're born into. So it creates a design, a chakra design, uh, tells an even more elaborate story about us uh, when we understand mm-hmm. how the chakras function and why our life functions the way it does. And so there's so many insights into our personality from human design that are remarkable. Uh, my my wife is an astrologer, and she says human design is like astrology on steroids uh, because it just has so much information. It goes on and on. Yeah. And yeah. in detail. By all means. It con- it's concise. It, 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 and we'll, we'll get to those points, too. Sure. Uh, about sure, you. Sure. sure. Because it's you know okay. it's remarkable how accurate this is about everyone. I've done thousands of chart readings for people, and I can tell you at the end of every chart reading, I look at people and I, I you know kind of go well, and they go oh my god so spot on it, it didn't miss a thing you know because sometimes mm. in the middle of a chart reading people will start talking about themselves and say well you know I'm also like this and like that and I'm like and I said no yeah. please quiet down because those points. I'm going to be making later anyway, because <laughs> it's easier. Yes, let me save you some breath. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. So, so in other words, you in your, you know, observing over the course of time, Peter, have not ever found where something isn't accurate. True. It might, sometimes it might surprise people, to hear a language about themselves that they haven't heard before, because that's what it is. I'm not. Cha- nobody's being changed by this. This is actually who people truly are, and and generally people have a sense of who they are, they are, but haven't heard the language about it, and and yes. maybe even be questioning a lot of things that this confirms, or tells them, you know, no, some of your ideas about yourself aren't true. It's just your own insecurity. So this really clarifies what is really true about people, and they know it, but they haven't heard it in such a concise way before that allows them to become more powerful because then they can use a language about themselves in their own mind and in their own life. And uh, and many times, you know, because I, I type out a bunch of documents of this for, for people um, to have um, to you know show their family, 
I also mm-hmm. record these and and to show their family or put on the door of their office, or, you know, and say, look, you want to know about me? Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Leave me alone. Read this. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, and very that's how clear that's it is, and that's how clear they are yeah. about this being so correct about them. So it is a confluence, though, as I mentioned, and as you're kind of hinting, of talk a little bit about the genetic component, if you would. Sure. Now, remember, we said there are 64 hexagrams of the I Ching, and actually there's been a lot of study of the I know I where Ching you're going, yes. in relationship to the and genetic DNA. code. And there are 64 codons of the kinetic, of the genetic code, and they've been shown to equate to the 64 hexagrams. So they tell the same story. Yes. So we're given a particular grouping of different hexagrams from the planets that we're born with, and they tell the genes that we're born with. And so this becomes a gene map. So it really reflects so these these traits are not just out of the blue. They actually reflect our ancestry. So it's, it's I'm very, very glad deep. you're bringing that up because my next question actually was an a question about ancient ancestry in a different kind of way, which is sort of like who we were before this birth, i.e. the whole notion of karma. How would you say? That plays in. I mean, I'm just to be funny about oh, it. Oh, sure. This no, is I, the I opposite of a, a Skinnerian template. You know that we're born well, as this, a blank slate. Here, we're it's just the opposite, of course. Yeah, please. This go ahead. is very profound stuff that you're talking about because when we're on the other side, preparing to come into life, we're choosing what story we want to live for what karmic mm-hmm. purposes. You know to. Yes. Um, enlighten our soul and and so we need a life that presents different challenges and opportunities and 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 a personality that can manage it in different ways or even present its own problems and so how do we construct that <laughs> is that we can choose to be born at the moment that we have a human design chart that reflects exactly who we need to be to fulfill our soul's mission so, you know, it's amazing how clear these all these charts are. They're not just a bunch of random traits that just somehow you try to work together in life. They actually read off of each other and speak to each other and create a a painting of our of our of ourselves that's so true to us. It's like a, you know, a beautiful portrait of ourselves that reads exactly like who we are based on different, let's say if it's a portrait, different brushstrokes that happen to create a portrait. <laughs> you know, and, and so these are different traits that actually fit beautifully into a full picture of a, of a particular personality for each one. And, it, and they're different for each one because the different, the 26 different traits are different for everybody because they they're a different assortment of the thousand the one thousand possibilities, a little more than a thousand, yeah. 
that we only get 26 of. So, you know, if if two people could pick the same 26 out of a thousand, what are the odds of that? <laughs> not high, not high at all. In fact, right. talking about probabilities, uh, would you shed some light on and walk our audience through that idea that there are sort of like, I think, three basic types, if you will, you know, the well, more generator, that, the manifestor, yeah. projector. If you would go there, on there that more level. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, there's please. There's even a reflector uh, and there's a manifesting generator. So uh, your your design, your human design is a projector. So you're one of 21% of the population. I'm a generator. I'm one of 70% of the population. And I'll explain the difference. There's also manifestors, which are 8% of the population. And then there's reflectors, which are 1.5% of the population. Mm. And then the manifesting generators are half of the generators. And uh, I'm not a manifesting mm-hmm. generator. I'm just a generator, just a plain old generator. And uh-huh. And so... But you are special because you're a projector. That's 21%. And projectors are people who don't have an active second chakra, which is the sacrum in this system. It's not, well, it's also the sex chakra, but it, and it, it actually means you don't have an active sex chakra either. Too bad for you. But, <laughs> Boy, um, that's the only thing I heard that doesn't sound accurate. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, actually, I was kidding. Um, it, it, but it is that um, sex doesn't run your life. You know, you're you're not like chasing sex around New York all the time. Um, no. But right, because uh, projectors don't do that. Projectors can enjoy sex, but they don't. They, 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 because the second chakra isn't activated, it's it's not a a, a force. It's just an opportunity. Well, I think you may want to recheck mine because I think it's getting activated. Well, no, you have hormones, and you're, you know, it's you're human, and humans always need to have some sexual energy anyway. Otherwise, the species would die off. Well, of course, of course. Right, but what it is is that, you know, for instance, uh, if I have two two clients who are married to each other and they're both projectors, and I might say, so how's your sex life? And they go, oh, great. We have a great sex life. I say, oh, that's nice. How often do you have sex? Um, um, not that often. <laughs> but but you just said it was great. They said, yeah, but, you know, uh, occasionally we bump into each other. It feels good. We have sex and we like it. But, you know, that's it. And so You didn't say how frequently. You just said, is it good? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so, you know, there's there's so much. I've taught workshops on the sexuality of human design because there's so many aspects to it that relate to our sexuality that are very complex. And uh, but but because I brought that up only because it's the second chakra and that second chakra Mm -hmm. contains the sex chakra as well as the sacrum. But this is mostly about the sacrum being a driving force, a motor that drives energy. And and you're not driven by that energy. You have a lot of vitality in your chart. You have a very active first chakra that that's that's your motor and that really moves you. But 
those of us with the second chakra, we become slaves to our energy. We just think that we make life work by stirring our pot and throw everything into the pot. And the more we stir it, the, the better off we'll be. So we're slaves to our energy. But projectors, you don't think that way. What you do is you design your pot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you design it based on your personality, based on wanting to be recognized for your strengths, wanting to be seen for who you truly are and invited by people to participate because they admire you. And and I know, and you know, every projector I can say that to, and they say yes, yes, <laughs> but yes, for different yeah. reasons. They have different, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. energies in their chart, yeah. so they have different things they want sure. to be invited for. And and so you have very specific traits that you want to be recognized for, and and so that's the theme of a of a projector is to be recognized. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. oh, so all projectors want to be recognized, but because of the set of traits in their particular design, it will be for different reasons. Of course. Or for yeah. different we yeah. All, yeah. We're all living out our traits uh, one way or another. Sure. And, and uh, projectors, have, you work through the power of your aura, Really, see us generators. We work through the power of of just having moving energy. You work oh. through the design of your aura, oh. and so you're always you know, bettering the way you can be recognized. Mm-hmm. My it. wife is a Got projector it. also, and I see it act very active in her life too. And Interesting. Um, and and projectors are here to help us slaves not be so beholding to our energy. <laughs> oh, I they see. teach us a better way of being. So but, every family but you have a are, here you are a generator, but you are also, you know, an excellent teacher and healer. So you must have some other traits that help to sort of balance out that pure generator uh, activity. Well, or mo- because mo- there are over a thousand traits, you know, I have a whole bunch that have to do with why I'm doing what I'm doing in life. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it sure. by stirring the pot hard, thinking that that's the way I'm going to make life work. The, the The underlying theme of a generator is frustration because pot only does so much. And <laughs> We're, you know, I'm trying to be a manifester. I'm trying to be a direct manifester, trying, trying to manifest my future by stirring the pot. But I'm not a manifester. I'm only a generator. So what I say is that us generators are indirect manifestors. We are oh, creating yes. intention in the universe, and the universe gets the message but responds in its own way, in its own time, in its own form, and... I always say that life comes out of left field. We just have to keep our eye on the periphery. But if we only have our eye on the pot we're stirring, we're going to be very frustrated. Understood. You can only stir it this way and that way and the other way, but there's a limited number of ways. There are a limited number of ways to stir it. Sure. I get it. All right. Let's go in a little deeper into what you referred to as the other day as 
exaltations and then detriments slash challenges because that will help people kind of see more of my inner nature folks but also to explicate more about the system itself and what happens when people get readings with you what kind of information is uncovered right well you're fortunate that you have some uh, good exaltations and some uh, not so good detriments um but our how good could a detriment be, be peter how they, good they could a detriment be lining. well they okay. can be pretty right. ugly you know, yes. uh, there are some big shots out in the world who have very ugly detriments, like rejection of mm. higher principles, for instance. Mm. That's a, that's a God, detriment yeah. that that people have in their design. Mm-hmm. And another so when you detriment say... is insensitive to the needs of society. So you have a, a trait that you're sensitive to the needs of society. Mm-hmm. You have that. Yes. So you have a particular trait. It's the um, fifth line of the 49th hexagram in your chart. It's it's at, at, at your son um, from 88 and a half days before you were born, and you're sensitive to the needs of society, which is one reason that you have a radio show. Mm-hmm. But there are people who have a detriment in that who are insensitive to the needs of society. So... You know, and, and many of those people become politicians. <laughs> How sad! And, yeah, but yeah. They're, but they're designed, you know, to be uh, a, a force in the world, and um, we have to, you know, they. There's always a silver lining to detriments, and the silver lining is that it teaches us what we have to fix <laughs> work on it's that it's that yes. passage in the music that needs attention right exactly yeah so yeah. so you have you have a um, an exaltation right at the beginning of um of your individuality right at the sun at the uh, on a on the conscious side you have an individual expression which attracts attention mm. but it's it because it's it's not only that, it's a, it's an exaltation. So it's it attracts attention without upsetting people. In other words, Thank you, God. people don't see you as uh, as uh, you know having a big ego. Not that you don't have an ego, and you know because you're always mm-hmm. your ego is always trying to uh, attract people to invite you because of your strengths. But it's but I'm I mean an aggressive. Arrogant As ego. in egotistical. Right, and you don't have that. You have individual expression, but not egotistical expression. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. then aren't threatened by you. Mm-hmm. That's why that's you have an audience. To say. Yeah. Yes, yes. But, you know, so, I see that yeah. in my interactions with people, you know, on the street, in business, on the phone, you know, at uh, at the bank, you know, I, I'm aware of my demeanor slash aura and how I engage them. Yeah, I you're see outspoken. a smile in their right. eyes, if not on their mouth, just because I said hello, do you know? And okay, now there was nothing we're more. going to get to a detriment about this. Oh, okay. 
Wouldn't you know it? One positive, yeah, one negative. Such a good picture. <laughs> but I, hold I on, Bob. Hold on. Because this is also at the top of your chart, and and so you, you have a, a a very very friendly nature. You know, you're very willing yes. to engage people. You have great insights. It's all written into your chart, actually, to be. Um, a, a very powerful, insightful person. Mm-hmm. But you have this need to be good-natured. You have a need to be liked. And you have a need to make nice to people. To the point that where, there, where there's a detriment. And oh. um, yeah. Doesn't everybody a, want to be liked? Well, maybe not everybody, but... But you want Isn't every you you're trying to be natural? nice to every you you always try to be nice to everybody, and yes. the thing is is that it be, it can become cynical at times because there are people who aren't worthy of your niceness. Oh. And so the detriment is is that it's a potential for cynicism that comes with always having to acknowledge the understanding of others or acknowledge you know in other words to oh. be kind to everybody, <laughs> and I see. it's like. Oh, that's exhausting. How about there are some people we can just ignore? <laughs> well, or, you know, say, no, thank you, and just walk away because yeah. they're they're actually not people we want to understand because they're coming from a dark place. Yes. And, and you're, you know, I see you as such a good guy all the time. Yes. That, I, you know, this this actually can wear you out. Well, I think that's true, but I want to say that it's a, by design, no pun intended, world view that I have that has been imbued in me by some of my spiritual work over the course of decades. No, it doesn't uh, matter what's imbued in you. But you wouldn't have even heard of, heard it if it wasn't in your design. Very much true, yes. Indeed, but I have consciously embraced a certain world view that says that there isn't anyone who isn't deserving of kindness. And that doesn't mean I have to dwell on it, but they deserve, just by dint of their biological presence, deserve, and their human presence, deserves kindness. Yes, but you have a a reputation for being so nice to everybody. And there are so many people that I I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. You, you know, it's, there's but you're only saying that out of your own. Again. <laughs> you're only saying that out of your design, Peter. <laughs> of course, that's all we can ever talk from. That's all we're have, doomed that's our to our design. <laughs> yeah, and I have yeah. Because because I also, you know, I have detriments in my chart that has to do with, you know, struggles with people who aren't kind and, you know, yes. uh, I, I that I need to. I have run those away too. From. Are you kidding me? I have those too. I, yeah, you're I making you me do. laugh, Peter. I'm laughing <laughs> at your at your rendition, your rendering. I mean, uh, you know, oh, here he comes. Here comes Friendly Mitchell again. Oh my. God, there he goes being friendly again to everyone. And you know what? Remember, I think, I don't know where it is in the chart we talked about, but it's also, there's a tone that you have that 
people read right away of of kindness and and gentleness yes. and friendliness. Yes. That's in your yes. voice. Mhm. Mhm. So that's part of Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's why I was saying when I go up to somebody and just say hello, you know, like sometimes even if you're in an area or on the subway late at night or something, you know, I'll tap somebody on the shoulder and say something to them. And I can tell that even if it's kind of a, a big, brooding hulk of a guy who looks like he could just scratch his head and hit you with his elbow and you'd be down on the ground, in a situation like that even, I deliberately go and make contact. And before I open my mouth, I just kind of look at them and let them feel my energy. And before you know it, I can see them slightly melting. Not always, but slightly enough to open the door for a little conversation and usually a little bad joke. Hey, you see, and that's how different you are than me. I was in the subway <laughs> a few months ago, and I walked in in the door with, there was another guy, and I walked in the door, and we kind of looked at each other, not say a word, you know, no, you know, and, and, no and I was standing in front of him. And all of a sudden, I was flying through the subway car. He had lifted me up and threw me 10 feet what? into the subway car just out of anger, not at me particularly. It just said he needed to get it off his, you know, he needed to express it. And I was the sitting oh duck for God. it. And luckily, oh. passengers in the car uh, on the other side of the car um, 10 yeah. feet away caught me. And so I wasn't oh, injured by it. Thank goodness. Yeah, but people like uh, me caught you. <laughs> people like me caught yes. you. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. I was so grateful. Oh, you that know. is a story, Peter. That is a story. <laughs> okay. So coming back around, um, <laughs> what other detriments slash challenges should I be on the lookout for? Well, and are there any more exaltations? Please. <laughs> yeah, there, there's actually an exaltation, but it's at Mars. <laughs> and oh. so Mars is where there's a troublemaker in our life. And so you have a, an exaltation called momentum, the power that grows when victory is in sight. So when you see a goal in front of you, you go for it. But guess what? Yes. You don't watch all the pitfalls in front of you. And I've seen you do that. I've seen you go for the gold, and all of a sudden, you know, it turns into lead. Mm, but you have this, this so. great desire for victory. Mm -hmm. When victory is in sight, you just say, oh, my God, that's it. I'm go going for it. For it. And okay. you miss some details because of this momentum. Okay. And so it's like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. And if it wasn't in Mars, it might not be so harmful to you. It might be good. Mm -hmm. But it's at, a, mm -hmm. it's at a planet that causes trouble for us. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Or how about in human relationships? I'm wondering if that too, also too. shows up. <laughs> hmm? Yes. 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 If somebody is, you know, meets your immediate approval, you go for the gold. And then, you know, yes. but you haven't done your due diligence. Yes, yes. Given it enough time. Sadly, I have 
a litany of proof of that. You know, <laughs> it's right. true. And I, I, I think I mistake that initial sensibility with a sense of intuition. And it's not that it doesn't have some merit, but as you're saying, I miss and don't discern some of the details that I should really be considering. And it has cost me dearly, dearly. Yes. Emotionally, yes, because of psychologically, financially, it oh, has cost me. Right. Yeah. That's how powerful human design is in all of our lives that it, it reveals things about us that once yes. we, we know about it, now that you've heard this, you can be on the lookout. Be, yeah, be on the lookout for these traits that can trip you up. Yes. So from that point of view, it's kind of interesting, though, Peter, because from that point of view, by learning about your design, just like your astrology chart um, without steroids, um, you are empowered to make new and better choices. So exactly. on one hand, we're limited you could say, limited. I would rather say we are empowered by the chart. I think you would too. Um, and then we're making choices that, in a sense, go beyond those detriments. Right. You can soften the edges of them. But th these okay. energies are always at play. It's just that because you're aware of the energies, you can watch them and go, uh-uh, I'm not going to let you get me this time. Exactly, exactly. So from that point of view, you are truly activating your will to make better choices. Yes. That's make great. better decisions. Well, okay. we're in life. Hopefully, so that's a very important interface. <laughs> that's yes. right. That's right. That's the game, right? Refinement. Exactly. But that's where the interface, because I remember when I first learned about uh, human design was actually, you know, many years before you got involved in it uh, through some other uh, people I knew and had my first reading. Um, I felt like on one hand uh, that I had no choice inside of the design and that where did the human will go? But this dialogue right now is helping me see where the will is. And yet, the in a sense, the structure in which it's operating. Good. It's so well said. Yeah, I'm glad that we could look at it from this vantage point. Yes, 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 exactly. So what else should I know? Well, how about the cross that you bear in life? Wow, that's a good start, yeah. Because <laughs> there are 194 crosses in life, and, and it has to do a lot with what our role is in life. Yes. And for you, you you bear the cross of explanation. You have to explain. explain Pardon me, but could you explain? <laughs> exactly. So that's the cross you bear, that you always are needing to explain things. Uh-huh. Is that now, for my you know, sake or is that for other people's sake? Mostly for other people because it, it's, okay. uh, you know, you're, and, for, you know, of course, you can't explain things unless you've understood it yourself. Truly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so if I see a phenomenon, I feel the impulse to explain it so Others can understand why X, Y, and Z is happening. 
That is so whatever, true. Whatever, however you think of having to explain something, you need to explain it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I'll, I'll give you another trait that is sometimes hard to bear. It's a channel between the um, f- uh, fifth and sixth chakras, the throat and the um, third eye or the ajna. And, and in this system, the, that third eye, ajna, chakra is, is the mundane mind. It's really not as esoteric as it sounds because there is the seventh mm-hmm. chakra, which is much more of esoteric and abstract. So, mm-hmm. so, But this is the mind and how it connects to the throat, and it's through a particular channel of how your mind has to express itself in your voice through a channel called the genius or... The freak, <laughs> and it's an individual circuit. It's it's you're right. It's a circuitry. Uh, in human design, has three different circuits. One is individual, another is collective, another is tribal. So you have mostly individual, and uh, a little bit of tribal, and a little bit of collective. Mm-hmm. So as an individual. You're always trying to express your insights. You have unique individual insights, and it's one of your great talents. And mm-hmm. and so you're a genius. <laughs> or until <you're> a freak. <laughs> no. Yes. And I'll tell you what right. the difference is between being the genius mm-hmm. or the freak. It, it the genius is who's asking. If mm. you impose your genius on people who aren't asking. They look at you and they go, "My God, you're some freak." Oh, but if people so are they, they get it about you, and people go, "Oh my God, oh, tell me more, tell me what He's you a know." Genius, <laughs> right. genius, right? And that's how that's that channel so works. Funny, Peter. I feel there is so much truth to that. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I've seen people go, "Yes," I, I mean, literally, just what you said. I've had people say, he's a genius. And I've had people say something like, he's a freak. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And with the subtext, who asked him? (laughs) Right. Right? Who asked him? So many people, you know, there are a lot of people who have this, especially, you know, people who have it often find me because they need to know about it so their souls bring them to me for a chart reading. and Surely. Surely. And when I tell them that, they go, oh, my God, that really helps. Thank you. So you don't waste your time. It's a moment of liberation, actually. The wrong people. <laughs> you know, the subjective nature of our reality is so personal. It's so intimate. It's, you know, as Gurdjieff used to say, it's as familiar to you as your own smell. And sometimes you're objective to it but not so often you're very subjective to it and so the things that we see in our mind space so to speak are so familiar by and large we don't have objectivity but what the human design and your interpretation of our subjective nature helps to bring it to this other level and on one hand it kind of dignifies it by making it explicit and then it objectifies it and it thereby becomes somewhat liberating exactly see you just explained it 
Exactly. That's that CrossFit <laughs> work again. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head with this design, Peter. No, I, you're absolutely right. I feel that impulse to do it when I see what's going on in the world of politics and when I see what goes on in the world of business and on and on in all the world, the world of religion. I explain, and that's why I think I first went into the field of psychology because it felt appropriate to understand the psychological, the psychosocial, the psychoemotional, the psychophysical, and the psychospiritual perspectives. And also, by the way, the psychobiological, too, as from our studies from years ago when A Better World brought total biology to the United States and to New York, you know, where we had a more my, integrated worldview. My gosh, you sound like a genius. <laughs> Only because you asked me to explain. But the others, don't <laughs> ask. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm playing with you, of course. No, this is so insightful and really so personally helpful. Are there any other bumps in the road that I should know? Or maybe my... my well, it, it, you know, let me give you some uh, other aspects of this. Yep. There's, um, there's a coloration to our chart. That has to do with it's. It's not visual. It's there's six numbers because it's the hexagrams, uh, and and so this is uh, called what your uh, coloration is, and and yours is the number two, which is really uh, uh, someone who lives in faith and hope. So you're somebody who that's that momentum thing in you. You know, you you see. Mm-hmm you know, the barn, and you go for it with yes. faith and hope that you're going to get there even if there's a big hurdle in the way that you haven't seen. Yes. Uh, so other people would be a little bit more uh, fearful about it, but not you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And then your I think uh, that's the tone that you, the tone that you have is the number three of six the number three, and that's the tone of, of you're a man of action. You know, oh. the people who have the three are always seeking to act on things. So you you have a lot of, of vitality in your chart, a lot of vitality. Mm-hmm. Mm. Your, um, your food strategy, it's interesting because there are uh, many different food strategies, and th- th- these are all based on what makes your enzymes happy. Okay. And for you, it's it's drinking warm or hot beverages and foods. So for you, so true. Warm and hot is better than uh, tepid or cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and your enzymes mm-hmm. are happier. There are other people who need cold. And uh, so and you also there's an underlying need in you for uh, for, for your enzymes that they that you like the taste of your food. When you like, when you feel good about the taste of your food, your enzymes really get active, mm-hmm. and they support your health. Interesting. Um, yeah. So even and if say I eat yeah. things that are not kind of objectively healthy, my right. liking of it is enough to sort of at least to some extent counteract that. Yeah, but you know you have to be smart about 
just because something tastes good doesn't mean you just ply yourself with sugar all day long or something like that. You know, it's right, right. Really I mean, yeah. There's a happy, there's a happy enzyme, a happy enzyme. There's a happy medium right. for happy enzymes. Right. You know, yeah. So if, if something is healthy for you and doesn't taste good, your body will won't absorb it very well. Yes. 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 So, and then so your ideal location in life. Yes. And there are six different locations because there are six different numbers. Um, you're the number two, and that's the location of the marketplace. So ideally, it's really good for you to be in commerce, in in among people, around yeah. you know crowds. Like we're going to be at an expo in New York soon. That you and I will be yeah. at, and uh-huh. it, it's wonderful for you to be there. It's the marketplace. Yes, yes, it really is. It's funny because yeah. I'm even aware of that going to the farmers market or yes. even being on the subway. There's there's something about right, it that, that just feels very, um, how do we say in Chinese, Hamisha? You know, it's very familiar, and there's a fun and an energy uh, feel to it. Of It's sort of like humanity in motion, and this is what it looks like, you know. And I'm very aware of dynamics and sensitive, as you say. So, like, when there are all these people, for instance, in a subway, which is, you know, one of those places that you don't want to spend too much time in no matter what. It gets you, brings you from a point A to point B. Um, and on a hot summer's day, it's a less desirable, you know. But I play with it, and I play with the energy of it. And, you know, I've been known to remark many times as turning to somebody and saying something like, so how does it feel to be a human sardine? <laughs> you know, and it just right. elicits right. a Whoever moment of levity. <laughs> what? Whoever that person is. That's right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. It's an opportunity to make contact and to lighten someone's load for a moment because everybody's right. walking around usually with some kind of a... <laughs> yeah. Right. So there's so many. We can talk for uh, you know another couple of hours even about your chart because there's so many traits in here that we haven't even looked at. For instance, I'm right now I'm looking at the heart chakra and the identity part of it, and your identity is blank. Do you know that you don't have an identity? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But what's interesting is what that means. And what it means is that you don't identify yourself in a limiting way of, this is Mitchell, here I am. They're going to leave it. Of, but, but the people who have a defined identity are maybe are even more comfortable with themselves because their identity just reads off so easily to them and to others. But you yeah. and I, because I'm like you, we're very right. amorphic. We're, you know, we're, yeah. we, we, wherever we show up, our identity is just sensitive to whoever we have to be, not this one defined person. It's fluid, we were describing fluid, the other day. Right. It's fluid. And I even yeah. used one of my favorite images that comes, of course, from no other than Woody Allen and in his film Zelig, where 
when he's with someone from China, he starts to, his eyes start to get slanted, and he starts to speak in Mandarin. When he's with a rabbi, he starts to daven and, you know, grow long sideburns. You know? yeah, it's the silliest, uh, funniest yeah. thing, and it's considered a rare disease by his psychoanalyst, Diane Keaton at Bellevue. <laughs> you know? But it's yeah. that kind of thing, and, it, you know, it's just, right. yeah. It's a phenomenon. And so it's not easy to be that way because you never really quite know how you're supposed to show up. And exactly. you really, your identity is really vulnerable to who's, who's around you uh, identifying you in different ways. And then you, you're, but because you have this, you're very sensitive to the way you show up, uh, to the way people are responding to the way you show up. And you adjust because uh, when you have uh, these undefined chakras, like your identity, uh, it has antennas all around it and mirrors, and it's very sensitive to what's around it. So you know how to become. Whereas if it's already defined, you don't have to think about it. You just show up and you, you're just that way, whoever you're already defined as. Absolutely. So you might say, well, we that's all know limiting. people. Sure, we all know people, Peter, that say, "This is who I am. Take it or leave it." You know. Well, wait a minute. I mean, are there no other choices? I ask. You know, because right. what if I don't really like it and I don't want to leave it? But what if I said, "Go within and discover yourself"? Do you know that <laughs> if I said that, yes, what I would do. happen? You would go in and you'd say, I don't know, it could be anybody. <laughs> it doesn't Who do you want me to be now? <laughs> right, exactly. And people, a lot of people oh. wouldn't understand that at all because it's like, yeah. no, you're not supposed to be that way. That's right. It's so funny. No, yeah, this is so insightful, Peter, and I'm, I'm just... Uh, as we say in Chinese, kvelling in the face of this knowledge. It's just so, it's liberating and it's fun and it's funny and it's, uh, it's so good-natured and it, um, it's true. <laughs> and it's I, true. I have to tell you that I, I love to do chart readings for people because everybody yeah. is fascinating. Their charts are fascinating and I just, I I get so excited telling people who, what what their chart is, who they are, and how they're here to be, and and they're so yeah. wide-eyed, and and it's amazing how, how how much it 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 actually changes people's lives because now they have a language about themselves that they really never heard before. Yes, they could yes. guess it, but uh, not the way that this system uses the language. You know we're we're beginning to run out of time here, but I'm having so much okay. fun. And I almost want to quote Woody Allen what he says when uh, Diane Keaton and Annie Hall ask him if he would like to smoke a little pop before they go to bed, and he says, "No, I can't really do that because I start to feel so wonderful. I want to pull my pants off over my head." <laughs> so I'm starting to feel <laughs> okay. like that, Peter. Um, <laughs> Good. So. Um, but I would love to just ask you, since we're looking at sort of both me micro, but also larger world, larger picture macro, 
um, you said something, of course, very provocative about people who are, let's say, in positions of power in our society that do not have that sensitivity to others, and yet they're in these positions of power making decisions about others and in a sense about their fates and uh, their lives. So could you, is there anyone that you could select to make a comment about or or a general statement about what you've observed? Well, that, because I know you've done yeah, a lot. Yeah, let me just say area. that, you know, I've done radio shows about this anyway because it is yes. so um, uncomfortable to see these people who are so powerful, so smart, and should be contributing wonderfully to society and instead are ripping us off and and yes. and being unkind or, or you know have no empathy and etc and and what i i've learned is that there are so many people who are not advanced enough souls they're born into uh you know they've had enough lifetimes to be smart enough to gain power and not enough lifetimes to gain wisdom and mm, compassion. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And mm, their charts well are, are going to yeah. reflect that too. Yes, exactly. And their and their actions and attitudes. Yes. And yes. words and intentions. Yes. Everything. Mm-hmm. It all fits. Absolutely. Absolutely, it all fits. So. We have to continue doing our work, Peter. That's all there is to it, which is the <laughs> overall upgrade by explaining, um, by sending good vibes, by loving and being kind, and uh, et cetera, and be, being truth tellers wherever we go as well. Right. And, um, good. That's what so, you're doing um, so well, and I so appreciate it. Can I give my contact information? Yeah, I was going to invite you to. Give your website you. also <laughs> and your contact information. Good, yeah, because yeah, I'm so excited for you know to do this for people. So yes. uh, it's Peter Roth, and uh, my website is Heart River H E A R T River dot org. That's my school, and I, I do teach classes and all kinds of things, including human design and intuition, because I it's a, a Heart River Center for Intuitive Healing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can be reached at peter at heartriver.org. So that's my email address, peter at heart, heartriver, H-E-A-R-T, river.org. And if people want to call me, actually I have a, uh, um, an office phone that's uh, 212-222-7748. I'm in New York. But I can do sessions with people anywhere in the world. From anywhere, right? Yeah, yep. and I record yep. them, yep. and and actually, I can even videotape them if people have um, webcams. Mm-hmm. So it goes on and on, and I wonderful uh, thrilled to help people wonderful. every way that I can. Well, Peter Roth, well, thank you, have you been so doing much. Such great work. You're so welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you on sharing your intelligence, your experience, your wisdom with our audience. It's really going to be reverberating for a long time inside me, let alone all those that listen. (laughs) Truly, truly. I really appreciate it. It's been so Uh great being uh, friends for so many years. I'm not going to say how many because I'm really 39, but repeating. Oh, Uh, hey. But... uh, 
<laughs> I, I'll give my age, and that'll ruin it for you. <laughs> but then again, that's... Well, we met when we were toddlers, so... No, but I'm okay. a lot older than you, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, 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 sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> your wisdom reflects it, and I really, really appreciate it. So thanks again for being a guest today. And Thank you, Mitchell. This is doing the good work that you're doing. Beautiful. Thank you. Good, Peter. All the best. We'll talk yep. soon. All the best good. to you, too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Peter Roth, healer par excellence. And truly, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, in reality, we met through uh, Gary Knoll, where we were both teaching and uh, doing lots of things in Gary's uh, Gary Knoll's uh, orb back in 1990. That's when we first really started hanging out together. And uh, we've been hanging out ever since. He's on my vibrational healing panels over the years, I mean decades really, at Mark Becker's New Life Expo. We'll be there again coming up just in a matter of weeks, as a matter of fact. So uh, you should know that. In fact, let me take a look here so I can be a bit more specific about that. And that's March 22nd through 24th. So that's coming up soon. I'll be speaking, I think it's on a Sunday. I'll get more information about that soon. Also, I want to let you know that uh, I'll be the MC of an event taking place, an Earth and Peace Day celebration that my friend Andrew Kane is putting on. I was the MC last year and many moons before at uh, Jody Sirota's Meta Center, and we'll be doing so again April 21st, and we'll be doing some interviews and roundtables on that subject to celebrate the earth and to celebrate peace both uh, upcoming. Uh, But just a a last word for now on Peter. The human design work is one of the aspects of his overall healing work, and he's just really good at all of it. And uh, the human design, I find, is to be a particularly strong and potent uh, modality that uh, is really worthy of real attention. So much so, I, every time I get a reading and pay attention to it, I, I kind of get lured into its force field uh, like a good magnet and feel like I really need to do more with it, maybe even as incorporating into my own work as well. Anyway, I want to just thank you all for listening from all of the different pockets of the world. It's really such a pleasure. I love reaching people from all the distant lands and know that you are being able to receive some of this material and inspiration, God willing, from uh, the Big Apple here in New York City. And please share this with your friends. Take the link from our website, abetterworld.tv. If you don't yet receive our newsletter, make sure to please sign up for it and uh, become part of a better world community and family. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, of course, through A Better World, uh, there are coaching and counseling services, energetic balancing and biofeedback services. We have a series of really quality organic nutrients that are available through our website as well, Uh, quantum field biofeedback systems, a whole lot of things. So it's a lot of fun. It's all for nourishing the mind, heart, body, and soul. So make sure you stay.
stay tuned to what we've got going on here. And remember that we are a 501c3 in uh, American ease. That means we're a nonprofit organization, and your donations really help to stay us, us, keep us sustained on the air. And we really, really appreciate it. Big, small, medium, it's all good. It's appreciated deeply. So on that note, this is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Thank you again for joining, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you.